You're listening to Purple 3 Cat, your place for 100% biased, 100% Minnesotan discussion about our purple. My name is Carl Bates, joined as always by Quinn Jurgens and Nicole Prajapati. Well, it's another tough loss for your Minnesota Vikings, and uh, now it looks like the season is effectively over. We break down the Colts game, um, but we also look ahead to what 2017 holds for the Vikings, and uh, spoilers, it's not the playoffs. After that, we break down our updated predictions for the two teams that will match off in the Super Bowl. All this and much, much more on this week of Purple 3 Cap. You're listening to Purple 3 Cap. I'm your host, Carl Bates, joined as always by Nicole Prajapati and Quinn Jurgens. And wow, uh, it had to be one of the worst Vikings games I've ever witnessed. It, it cut deep. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit, but before we do, uh, let's let's pay tribute to, honestly, he's been one of my favorite players this year, uh, gone under the radar, but has been, been big for us on the defensive line, Tom Johnson. He's torn his hamstring. He's out for four to six weeks, a.k.a. he's done for the year. He's been put on IR. What uh, is new? I what, mean, we what, have so many people. But th- th- this, this one p- goes out to you, 92. This one goes out to you, my man. This this one is, you know, it's the end of the season, so towards the end of the season, so it, it's it's not, you know, I don't think you can be super angry about this. This happens with football teams. But, yeah, what what were your favorite Tom Johnson moments this year? He got a sack once. That was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he is a serviceable defensive lineman in a league where it's tough to find good defensive linemen. And Especially defensive, good defensive linemen yeah. who are, you know, three, four in the rotation. Exactly, and he comes in, and every single time he's come in, you don't really notice him. So, I mean, it's good if you notice him for good things, but then you have people like... Uh, TJ Clemmings, where you notice him every single play, and you notice him chasing the defensive end that's about to decapitate um, Bradford. So, I mean, Tom Johnson, if you're not getting recognized for good things, at least he's not getting recognized for bad things either. So, you know, it's it's a loss. But what's new with the Vikings? We've lost so many people this year. Also, can we talk about Adam Thielen just getting blown up with that just... yeah. yeah. Uh, Who was that? Number twenty. Um, Mike Adams. No, it wasn't Adams. It was um, no Adams is twenty nine. I don't remember. It, Butler. No, Karan Butler. Champ Bailey. No, that's, that's the best. I, I will say I was. I was. Ed Reed. Ed Reed. He's twenty. I was scared. I, I was very happy to see him walk I mean, off the sidelines because up. I was. I was very concerned. I was shocked that he got up that quickly because so I was at the game smirk and uh, yeah that was just. A um, but he just got blown up, so in real time, you could see the guy just flying over there, and that's as dirty a hit as you're going to see. It's just like, come on, man. Adam Thielen's been one of our bright spots for like the last eight games. Everything else has gone to hell. Just let us have Adam Thielen. Yeah, and uh, he actually, I think, um, hopefully, the NFL concussion protocol um, was enacted because he wasn't in the game for a while. Well, it actually that, so. the the talk is that it's a neck injury yeah. as opposed to a head injury. Fantastic. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. So, um, I just want to talk about like my experience with this game. Um, I'll allow it. I uh, turned on the TV 
Okay. So how the Vikings were just sure. You know. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're doing poorly. Go figure. So I turned off the TV. Yep. Did my Christmas shopping. Okay. Came back. What'd you get? Or is it a surprise? It's a surprise. Oh, okay. McCoon's not listening. Oh, yeah. I don't know what he's doing. He could be listening. Hey, McCoon. Hey, Smita. If you're listening. If so, shout out to my dad. But um, came back, turned on the TV. I'm like, oh, maybe the Vikings are, uh, you know, pulling closer. I didn't have any. Washington Redskins game. Exactly. I didn't have any score alerts or anything like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic. Turn on the TV. And lo and behold, I see Andrew Luck sitting in the pocket, throwing the most beautiful 50-yard pass I've ever seen to some nobody receiver right as Anthony Harris, you know, he's he's behind. And Sandejo's coming from 15 yards deep. And this dude, I mean, I mean, any one of us at this table could have caught that ball and walked into the end zone. Um, and then I turned off the TV again, and I was like, okay. This so is, this is great for me. Uh, Hang on, this... real quick. Do you know who couldn't have caught that ball though? Troy Williamson. Troy Williams. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Carl's got jokes. The second I knew that game was over was so first drive. Indy gets the opening kickoff. They go down. They get in the red zone. Kick a field goal. Sure. The Vikings have not been great on the first possession. That's one. We talked about. That. Yeah, yeah. Vikings get the ball. Three and out. Sure. Classic. The Vikings go three and out all the time. That's not exactly news. Colts get the ball back. They go on a long drive, get inside the two, three tries to get into the end zone. They fail on all three. They hold the Viking or the Vikings hold them to a field goal. And you think, okay, this game is salvageable. We can we can do this. It's only six. It's it's only six. But what happens? Linval Joseph jumps over the center causing an unsportsmanlike conduct call, leveraging, and it goes from 6 to nothing to 10 to nothing, And that's where it says, all right, you're relying on your offense to score two touchdowns to be up in this game, and your offense is just not built to play from behind like that no matter how much time is left in the game. Nope. And you just knew that there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing there. And there was nothing there for the remainder of the game. Outside of Adrian Peterson's 13-yard run, which he fumbled on. Yeah. See, that to What's, me... Well, again, actually, what that, is new? That like, is when I knew the game was over, was when that fumble happened, because we were actually moving the ball. We, had, we could have closed the gap. Adrian Peterson fumbles. Like, people should just... Can we talk about the play before that, where Sam Bradford threw a 30-yard pass to Kyle Rudolph in triple coverage? In Beautiful. It, it it was a spot only Kyle Rudolph could have caught it, and it it was just it was impressive. And surprisingly, he caught it. And you know they they say those Notre Dame players are some of the best to come out and ever. Yeah, I don't, I, almost I don't, as good as Michigan State players. I don't really remember any good Notre Dame players. Uh, how about Joe Montana? Um, no, no, he wasn't that good. Tom Brady's better. Michigan how about uh, Michael Floyd? <laughs> oh. DWI. More like DWY, as in more like a stupid uh, thing to do. I think it was a strategic move uh, in order to get a ring. Oh, oh yes, word, word. Uh, actually, this is a conversation that we can have. Do you think you can make a case for anybody besides Sam Bradford to be the MVP of the Vikings season as a player? Nope. I think it has to be him. It absolutely does. Yeah, or on Sunday, 
he threw for almost 300 yards with that offensive line just being terrible. You know, without an offensive line, like, without his best weapon on offense. I would like offense. to suggest another name. A man who has contributed to Sam Brafter being so efficient that he had to be as good as he is. TJ Clemming <laughs> should be the MVP of this season. He has forced Sam Bradford to become a different quarterback. He leads the league in percentage, completion percentage. He's ruthlessly efficient because he doesn't want to get killed because TJ Clemmings is letting everybody and their mother through the offensive line to decapitate Poor old Sam Bradford, and he hasn't even gotten injured. Can we talk about how Sam Bradford has just had a history of injuries in his career and how this team is forcing him to take to I drop back 40 times per game because we can't run the ball? He's playing with probably his worst offensive lineman in his... Oh, anybody's... Uh, this is one of the worst offensive lines of all time. <laughs> that's true. That's, so, that's so true. <laughs> Like, like Clemens, you, you, Clemens is literally rated the worst offensive lineman in history. And now his backups are on the offensive line, too. Oh, wow. Uh, so. Well, that so. was that game. I think we should move on to something else. I would just like to say one more thing about that game, because there's there's nothing much more that can be said that we haven't said already about the Vikings and that game at that point, is that when I was going up to get hot dog or a beer or something at the game. I was wearing my Harrison Smith jersey. And the vendor just goes, hey, Harrison Smith, that's my boy. That's my man. I love the big 22. I love the hit man. And, of course, they hadn't ruled him out yet for the game. And he just starts talking to me about how this team would be screwed without him, how the offensive line's bad. But without Harrison Smith, they're a different type of bad. And, my God. He did not know how right he was because you cannot blame everything that happened on the lack of Harrison Smith. But that defense is completely different without number 22 playing center field. Well, I think that's what's amazing about it is, you know, he has um, the freedom to do a lot of different things in the defense. And it's not just the tackles that he makes. He just you can tell that he makes the entire secondary much, much better when he's in the game. Um, Sandejo, he does. He looks shaky without his partner back there. Um, and I think you also saw it from the cornerbacks is they also, um, just don't feel as comfortable without having him, uh, behind them in coverage. You also were lacking, um, Trey Waynes in that game. And I think that hurts you, but yeah, not, it's not a big nearly, loss, you know, Michigan state does not nearly as much as the Notre Dame product, Harrison Smith. Go red Ellison. So one of the things that we wanted to talk about uh, in this edition of Purple 3 Cap, because we actually spent more time talking about the Colts game than we really wanted to do, because we don't want to ever think about that again. Mm -hmm. Um, But one one of the things that we want to talk about is uh, what are the positives for the future with the Vikings? I know it's hard (laughs) to be positive um, after the way that the season, excuse me, has gone. Um, But but what are the the positives that you can take for the future um, taken to 2017? So... The offensive line can't get worse, can it? Yes. Yes, it can. It can get worse. Never say things like that, Quinn, because with the Vikings, things always get worse. So let's. Look, Quinn didn't say that. We're going to strike that from the record. Um, my positives... Overruled. Ugh, my positives are potentially we'll have two very serviceable quarterbacks... 
coming in the 20... Excuse me. Wow. Almost sneezed there. Excuse me. 2017 season. Um, if Teddy Bridgewater is back and Bradford is healthy, that's going to be a really good trade chip. We really need to pick up someone on the offensive lineman, offensive line, excuse me, that can hold the rest of the line together. Boone wasn't the answer, obviously. Um, hopefully we get some of these guys back. But I think the biggest silver silver lining is that you have a signal caller um, that can be serviceable and then could lead to draft picks in the future. Um, next year, you know, people are saying, you know, if the Vikings were healthy this year, it would be a Super Bowl team. I don't see that next year. I don't see a team that is Super Bowl caliber if everyone's healthy. Um, because I think there are a lot of holes. Says the guy who predicted them to be 14-2 and two if healthy. This season. Yeah. This season. I'm talking about next so season. So what, what changes? I think there are too many too many holes that, that showed up on that offensive line, and I don't think we have enough tools to fix it. Like, I don't think we will have enough tools because I think our cap is going to be very constricted next year anyway. That's very true. Um, there's not enough there to fix. I mean, I think we'll have an excellent defense, like always. Um, we'll have skill position players. Wh- wh- Peterson might not be the Peterson of old, but he'll he'll be back, presumably. Oh, yeah. I'm, Maybe I'm not so sure of yeah, that. Okay. See, yeah. Here's, I, actually, I just I just think we have the skill players and the signal caller where we could be decent but not Super Bowl caliber. Like probably, I don't know. Maybe edge playoff team. See, I actually I disagree, um, and I'll I'll start with the reason why is I think that the defense next year is is just as good as it is this year, and I think you actually potentially it, it has the potential to be even better. And here's why. Um, the only major loss to the defense that you have going into next year, potentially, is Newman, right? And, and he's been Greenway. fabulous. And Greenway, who has also been fabulous. And but Robinson. Potentially. And Sharif Floyd. Not a major loss there. <laughs> um, but so it, the thing is, at cornerback, you have depth and youth that you think will be better and be able to step in and fill in. You might lose Munderlin as well. But um, a big loss. No. I, well, I I think he comes back. Uh, but long story short is there's there's the core of the defense is there, and I also trust Zimmer and Spielman to kind of bring in some free agent signings that under the radar for that rotation players that can fill in and fill in well. Um, so I think the defense is be, just it's as good. Be an issue though. I think what they will. Adrian Peterson will not play here next year under his I, current I contract. If uh, yeah. he plays here, he will it's have to renegotiate a, yeah, and yeah. take a bit of a cut. Because it, it no, was no, one I, thing. I agree with yeah. you. There's no way he put because we're hurting too much financially to keep such a huge figure on our payroll. Especially right when you have Bradford now too, and he's he's got an eight million dollar roster bonus due in March. And Peterson, what's his number? Peterson's, I, I think, something like seventeen. Seventeen yeah. plus a bonus, right? Yeah. Six million, which they they just cannot they cannot. No, you afford. can't you can't tie up and that much money in two even, players. Even before you had Sam Bradford on the roster, there were questions about Peterson just because you can't pay. It's it's hard to pay anybody that much money that's not at an MVP le, uh, level caliber. And essentially, at this point, you're p- paying a fumbling machine 
16 million dollars so defense still elite defense yeah. is the silver lining yeah and so yeah. you know and kicker if you have an elite Four defense in this league good. you're you're gonna be competitive and you you have the potential to make a deep playoff run we've kind of talked about that quinn and how the paradigm has shifted from the key to having a you know a Super Bowl winning team is having an elite, elite quarterback and his arm getting you there. Now it's shifted to having an elite defense if you cannot win the Super Bowl without an elite defense. So one of the things that I think is a specific silver lining of this year is Denell Hunter. Mm, he yes. is either fourth or fifth in the league in uh, sacks. Double-digit sacks. And he's not even playing half of the snaps on defense. He is a freak athlete who just sniffs the ball and is a playmaking machine. And with these defensive ends, this team is somewhat reminiscent of that first New York Giants team that beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl where Strahan, you just had, when you have Pierre Strahan. Paul. I don't think Pierre Paul was drafted that year. It was and Justin Tuck. Those, oh yeah. Those, those three guys were, were if you had it on third and even more than six, yeah, it was a sack or a it, quick. It throw. was you had problems, yeah. and that's what I see in these guys. So we'll we'll have Hunter Griffin, r- hopefully Robinson back. Yep, and um, who's the fourth? There's a fourth. The end. Yeah. You mean like Justin Tratow or something? They, they have a couple yeah. of guys. But there's who people like Tom Johnson, who's a very good people who third, I mean, I guess yeah, Linval Joseph, who can get to the quarterback rusher. from that middle yep. area too. You know, yep. so and and they just have a defense that's that good with that many playmakers, and they don't. They never needed Sam Bradford to be great. Mm. They just needed Sam Bradford to be able to put up 24 points a game, and if you can get your quarterback to put up 24 points a game. I think this team is 10 and four, not a 500 football team. The uh, CBS sports um, team during the broadcast, they were running out of things to say because the game is so bad, but they brought up some interesting stats. Um, I'm not doing a statistical overview this time, but uh, I'll bring up this one. When the Vikings throw more than 36 times, we lose more than often. If Bradford this season, if um, when Bradford has thrown less than thirty six times, we've won. So we don't necessarily need Bradford to throw that much. But if we can, if our defense can maybe put some points on the board, keep it close. I mean, I I think it's a fringe playoff team next year because of the cap issues, and I think there are too many problems on the offensive line to be truly a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, but look at look at Seattle. They have a garbage offensive line. Yeah, but their quarterback is I don't I don't like Russell Wilson, but he's mobile and he can get out of like bad situations, you know? Like Bradford is 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 I wouldn't say like a statue, but he no, doesn't he's have a statue. He doesn't have the ability to you know, creatively move around behind the line of scrimmage like Wilson does. And he has um, an offensive line that is a D plus. The Vikings offensive line is just a flat out F. It's a, and there, it's there's a not being, pass. It, there's incomplete. being um, bad. And then there's being TJ Clemmings bad. Yeah. There's your standard run of the mill left tackle backup. And then there's TJ Clemmings. But, sorry. My, my point is you would not be surprised if, 
they're not the favorites from the NFC, but you wouldn't be surprised right. if Seattle made the Super Bowl this year. Right. Whereas they no, have a D plus well, offensive line, you would hope that we have at least a D plus offensive line if next Clemens year. If I mean, is starting on our line someplace next he year, he will not. I cannot imagine that he'll. I'm just that. saying, if he's if he's somewhere or someone similar to him on our line, there's no way. Like it's just he's so he he's such a negative that there's I don't I don't. He, Bradford doesn't have any time on the left side at all. It's Clemmings isn't going to be back. Zimmer did not want him back this year, but was just kind of forced. Him. Yeah, I. That's why I say that it's hard to imagine. You know, offensive so line is worse. It's so just I, it, it's the quarterback. If we have a mobile quarterback, I think a D plus offensive line is fine. I don't think really a mobile quarterback does a whole lot for us because Bradford has really taken care of the ball as as well as you can with that offensive line and oftentimes the mobile quarterback is prone to make mistakes when extending plays. Cause you always hear about times when guys like Brett Favre would drop the ball and pick it up and then run around and then throw a long pass. But you also forget Brett Favre, Brett Favre threw the, a ton of interceptions. Yeah. So I, I as we know, <laughs> as we know, but having that, having a mobile quarterback, I don't think, it's a nice touch, but I don't think it makes much of a difference because Teddy Bridgewater is mobile, but... More mobile than Bradford. More mobile than Bradford, but I don't think anything is different with so, Teddy. So we know the offensive line needs to be upgraded, and hopefully both through the draft and through free agency. But let's talk skill positions on offense. Um, you have two players who've had breakout seasons uh, in the wide receiver position, Adam Thielen and Cordell Patterson, who are going to be paid probably more money. <laughs> For sure, Thielen will be paid more money than he made this year. Patterson, most likely, will be paid more money than he made this year. Um, what do you think about those two players? Do you think they're both wearing purple next season? Thielen better be, and I, I absolutely think he will be back next year. Um, just because he does all of the little things well. Heck, he can even play special teams not necessarily return punts but he can play special teams he can run the ball as we've seen he can run fake punts as we've seen and he runs routes well and he run blocks fantastically I think Adam Thielen will be back Cordero Patterson I think will want a bigger cap number and I'm not so sure that he's wearing purple in 2017 yeah I I mean what Quinn said Perfect. I mean, Adam Thielen. Thank you. A- Adam really Thielen uh, is he's an all-around player that you need to keep around. Like just just so you even have an example, you know, of someone that can that you know comes to work every day and does his job. But Patterson, I think, is going to ask for a number that's that might be too high for the Vikings' taste. For he he's been good this year, but they've also been times when you've just been like. Mm. Wish I could get a little more from him. You know, just a little, like, drop passes and stuff like that. And And I think one thing that you just mentioned um, that's really key is Adam Thielen is a guy who demonstrates that with a lot of hard work, you can make it onto this roster. Exactly. Because he wasn't even on anybody's draft board. He was just somebody who showed up to tryouts and through special teams got onto the team. And I... I think that's really healthy for the young players on the team to see is that 
if we work hard, if we do the little things well, boom. And I think I think fifty three man roster. I think Treadwell will have a bigger role next year too. Oh, uh, he damn well better. Obviously, but I I, I think the way that Zimmer kind of runs his team. Know, younger guys have to fight real hard to make that roster and and be significant in the roster unless you're like a freakish talent. And Treadwell was good coming out of college, but he wasn't like Moss, you know. Um, so nobody's like Randy Moss. So Randy Moss. I, I think the biggest thing that you miss with Patterson would is his return game. Yeah, and sure. I know I don't know what it's been like the last couple of weeks, but uh, for most of the season, we have the best starting average in the NFL. Um, can you duplicate it, it with Diggs? Yeah, Diggs wouldn't. So. They they wouldn't let Diggs return kicks, not when he's the number one receiver. I think the thing is Patterson's electric, but I think you can find an athlete that can do that mm-hmm. for less money. Statistically, though, there isn't anybody better in I'm, the NFL right now. What I'm I'm less concerned about him returning kicks and more concerned about how good he has been on punt coverage. Yeah. Because I cannot count how many times on this podcast I have mentioned how much I love seeing Cordero Patterson that's running down one. the sideline and just chasing down that punt returner. Yep, that's a that's going to be a loss. But I, I mean, I think we've we've done a good overview of the twenty seventeen. So one more, yeah, Charles Johnson. Yeah, gone. I think he's gone. Depends what his cap number is. I don't think it'll be much, but I still think he's gone. I think we'd rather just take a chance on a the, on a rookie or a first year player. But the one last thing uh, that we haven't talked about yet, if we can brief, briefly talk about it, excuse me, is I think there is a very strong likelihood that there is a new name running back that is going to get significant snaps next season, no matter if it's Peterson's backup or if it's uh, vying for the starting position. Uh, do you think that comes in the draft? Do you think that comes in free agency? Um, if so, do you have a name floating around? What do you think about that? I say free agency. Um, they just have too many needs in the draft, and without a first-round pick, they're, they should go offensive lineman, offensive lineman, offensive lineman with their first three picks or second, and, third, and fourth yeah, round. And offensive lineman in free agency as well. And so I think they will bring in a running back. but We need someone like Chester Taylor. If there's That's a Chester, I yeah, I know. Yep. Yeah, yeah. If there's someone like Chester Taylor, like Quinn alluded to, which was what I was going to say um, last week, if we can get someone like him, I don't know if there's someone out there like that, but if we can get somebody like him, some guy that can run and catch, play two, three downs, and then have McKinnon um, as a change of pace, I think, and then maybe pick up a flyer in the seventh round or something yeah. like that. Like there are some like Rawls picked up in the sixth round or something like that. I mean, there there are good running backs out there. You just got to put them in the in the right system, and then um, yeah, I I'm, I really hope we don't have Asiata back, honestly. But it depends on how the roster shakes out. Right? I'd rather have Asiata than McKinnon. I know that much. He's outside of his fumbles inside the two. He has been a more effective running back than Jarek McKinnon. All right. Well, that is a ring. Okay. 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 That's what I have on this segment. Up next, we'll bring you our flag on the play.
Okay, so welcome back, Purple Nation. It is time for Flag on the Play. Uh, but first, before we get to Flag on the Play, uh, the Pro Bowl rosters were just announced. Really? And uh, the Vikings have had uh, defensive end, Everson Griffin, return specialist, Cordero Patterson, cornerback, Xavier Rhodes, and safety, Harrison, the hitman, big number 22, Notre Dame product, Smith. Make it to the 27, 2017 Pro Bowl. So, four Viking starters on the Pro Bowl team. I mean, that's actually more than I thought we were going to get. Yeah. But do you think we're missing anybody there? I mean, besides TJ. Red Ellison. I really think Red Ellison I mean, I think Linval yeah. deserves a shout. Yep. I think it just it's hard. Slash bar, it's harder as a defensive tackle to put up the statistics, you know, quote unquote, yep. that you need. And I think you really get looked at when it's um, a team for kind of the team rushing defense yep. rather than yourself. And the Vikings have been good, but not elite at stopping the run. Right. Anyway, getting back to flag on the play for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, which kind of would surprise me if you're tuning in for the first time amidst this uh, rigmarole of a second half of a season that we're having. But, hey, I'm not judging. Flag on the play is something that just kind of makes you go, come on, something that's funny or stupid or something that just has kind of happened around the league that just kind of, you know, like, ah, what is that? So I'm throwing my flag at Chuck Pagano. The Colts, as most of you know, were up by a huge margin. On third down and something like eight, let's just let's just call it eight. Andrew Luck rolls right, throws to T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton catches the ball. They spot it just a couple inches short. And uh, fourth down, nope. And while being up by over twenty-five points, Pagano decides to trot out, throw his red flag, and challenge. Now, to me, that's just like, come on, just just let us die in peace. It's like they say in, in Breaking Bad, Walter, shut the fork up and let me die alone. It's like, come on. You know, Quinn, I'm going to... Uh, You're going to disagree? I'm going to disagree there. Come on, man. Um, I'm a big fan of running up the score. I, I love it. I love running up the score. I love oh, yeah. coaching. Michigan Harbaugh fan right here. Uh, I, I, love, I, uh, I love coaching that plays... All four quarters. I don't care if it's the first quarter or the fourth quarter. You better coach like you're in the game. And I had no problem with Chuck Pagano throwing that flag. I'm not a Chuck Pagano fan. I don't like the Colts, but I like that he kept coaching regardless of whatever the outcome was of the game. I love that move. Just because it was against the Vikings, it hurt a little bit because it was the Vikings. But then I, I went back. I did some analysis. I'm like, this right here is a great move. I love it. Run up the score. Kill your enemies. Don't give them any hope. It Loved must it. be because you had already admitted to not watching the game that you even knew that it know that it happened. No, I watched that part. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. Good to see a faithful fan, faithful fan tuned back in to the game. But what about sports etiquette? 
Is there I no hate sports, sports etiquette I, left I hate in this, that. That's in this world? That's so annoying. No. The whole point. that I hate this. Oh, we're down by 30, so you should just sit down and not do anything and let us die. No. Pour it on. Pour it on. Kill your enemies. Make them feel bad. Wow. Wow. It seems like I could really say something political right now, but I'm just going to hold off on that because, listeners... I think you know where we stand. Mr. Bates, Mr. Prajapati, I believe you have a uh, joint flag to throw right here. Which yes. one of you is going to toss it? Well, before we do our joint flag, um, I, w- I want to just throw a separate flag on the play as well. Okay, so this is Nicole's flag, yes. and it's not a joint flag. It's no. Carl's flag. All right, whatever. My flag on the play is going to be on the... Uh, the brilliant people at CBS Sports who came out with an article the other day um, saying who the losers of the quarterback carousel were. And they, they said Tannehill, um, Fitzpatrick, um, mm-hmm. yep. Kaepernick. Uh, they're saying they named all these terrible quarterbacks. And then the last name on the list was the Vikings with Sam Bradford. And I was like, Really? I haven't seen Excuse that article. Excuse me, CBS. He just doubled down on that last week. I did double down on that last week. Yeah. I'm CBS. Man, who do you think we were going to start? Sean Oldest Time Hill? <laughs> if we would, we would not even be. What, what's our record right now? Seven, eight and seven? Seven and seven. Seven and seven. We would not be. Even also close favorite to drink. So we would have more wins than the Browns. Yes. Well, everyone has more wins than the Browns. But I'm I'm telling you, CBS, that trade saved quote unquote our season. Right? Like we would have a much worse season if we didn't make that trade. And you know, you know, maybe arguing CBS aside a little bit. If we didn't make that trade, maybe we'd be closer to the Browns. We'd have a first-round pick. We'd have a great prospect coming in this draft. But if things pan out, which they usually don't, but if they do, we'll have Teddy Bridgewater, serviceable quarterback, and Sam Bradford on a roster where we can get more draft picks in the future. So, CBS, I throw my flag on your terrible reporting. And now to you, Carl. Yes, I think for time, uh, this last flag will just be quickly mentioned and then we'll move on because many people have said their piece and we want to, we're kind of crunched for time here. But the flag on the play for the University of Minnesota Athletics Department, uh, yeah, highly, highly. Yeah, just just a, just a really bad uh, situation that Mitch Leiter and and company put themselves in. Um, I don't think there's really much more to say. If you, if you're interested, do the research and you'll see what a bad look that was. Um, Let's yeah. just say that we here at Purple Three Cap do not condone those actions and just think that they handled it terribly. And that they were fairly moronic. There we go. We're done with flag on the play. Let's move on. (laughs) 
So we're back here. It's uh, the longest day. Uh, no, longest night of the year. Shortest day of the year. Uh, we're cold, like Minnesota. Uh, and right now, we're gonna kind of bring you an update on who we think is most likely to win the Super Bowl this year. I'll bounce it over to Nicole first. All right. So, in our midseason bye week podcast, I predicted the Green Bay Packers versus the New England Patriots. That's original. My updated prediction. Did you really pick the Packers? Yeah, picked the Packers. They, they were four and two at that time. Yeah, they looked good. They did look good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my updated prediction is going to be Dark Horse. Ready? Are you ready for this? NFC team? Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, thank you. The Atlanta Falcons. No. Versus the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. Tom Brady will lead the Patriots to victory in this, the 47th? 51st? 52nd? 52nd. 52nd Super Bowl. Michigan man on top again. The New England Patriots beat the Atlanta Falcons out of the NFC because the NFC is so trash this year, as Quinn alluded to. I doubled down on that. NFC is so trash. Atlanta Falcons are going to wriggle through to the Super Bowl, and Tom Brady going to conquer them there for his fifth Fifth. Super Bowl ring. Let's go, Michigan. So... I don't think Atlanta wins a playoff game yeah, this year. Yeah, I, I don't either, especially with Julio Jones dinged up. So, <laughs> at the Carl's halfway... Carl's reaction was priceless. He, he, <laughs> he kind of fell out of his chair. He took and, his glasses and moaned, off. And moaned no. But Actually, the entire live studio <laughs> audience behind us kind of groaned a little bit. Basically, my prediction is New England's going to win regardless of who comes out of the And, and I say, Nicole, that's an original prediction. Yes, you it know? is. Yes, it is. Original, but probably correct. Let's yeah. be real here. So... Halfway through, or at our midseason bye week, you know, update, I predicted a Seattle Seahawks versus Oakland Raiders. Which still looks good, actually. Which I am sticking with. That ACDC connection in Oakland, Amari Cooper, Derek Carr is looking good. That Raider team is looking good. Khalil Mack is a force to be reckoned with. He's a monster. Plus, those Seahawks get so many goddamn calls that just go their way. If we're talking, everything that's lucky always happens to the Seahawks. But the Oakland Raiders are going to go into Foxborough. It's going to be a snowy day. Oh, in January. Redemption. The last time the Redemption went, for the and Tom, Tom won't be able to deflate his balls this year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 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 That yeah, I'm not didn't talking happen. Deflate, I'm not talking deflate gate this time. I'm talking the play that started Tom Brady's career for all intents and purposes. What put him on the map was a playoff game, home playoff game against the Raiders in the snow. When, when Michigan man Charles Woodson comes hit around fellow the Michigan man Tom Brady. That tuck rule allowed the Patriots to move on and be a dynasty. If the Patriots had not gotten that tuck rule call, who knows where they'd be? They may have just gone back to Drew Bloodstone and said, Hey, this Brady queen, this Brady kid 
flash in the pan. Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. <laughs> he exists. Shout out. The, he might be a flash in the pan. Let's go back to veteran Super Bowl quarterback Drew Bledsoe. But no, Brady comes through. He wins the Super Bowl, starts a dynasty. I'm saying this is the Raiders' revenge. They're going to trot into Foxborough, and they are going to beat the New England Patriots, and they are going to beat former AFC West rival Seattle Seahawks. It happened. Seattle was in the AFC for a long time. They're going to beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. I'm doubling down, same prediction as when it was week six. Carl, what you got? Yeah, so I think I predicted Patriots beating the Seahawks, and original, very original. I, I think the Patriots are the best team in the NFL. Yeah, and they are. They on any are, given Sunday, they are the best team in the NFL. So they got it on offense, and their defense looks very good. Uh, I'm terrified at going up against the New England defense against the Jets in my fantasy football championship <laughs> yeah. game, which I'm in, um, because it's going to be a massacre and. Uh, May cost me a championship, but is it going to be a Boston massacre? Oh my God. Uh, Get out of here! In fact, Swish. it is. It is going to be. Uh, so I think they're the favorites. I think you could throw any one through sixteen of the NFC teams, and they would not. They would not be the Patriots. Nope. And so I don't know who am I going to pick from the NFC. I the Falcons, I, the Lions. I kind of like the Giants. I, I kind of think nice. I, I, I oh, think I do. Year. I that, do too. Because they they have balance. Yeah, but if the they, Giants they make it to the Super Bowl, the Patriots aren't winning. Let me just say that, that. would be actually that would be a great. I would watch that. Let Super me Bowl. let me just put an addendum on my prediction. If the Giants are the team that come out, I have no faith in the Patriots winning. The the thing the Giants have a quarterback who's been there twice and won twice. They've got a defense who once again, can get after the quarterback. They have three deep, too. Yeah. Shepard, Cruz, Cruz and, and OBJ. Who I hate, but... Yeah, um, I'll agree with that. Still, like, they have an offense that can go up against that Patriot defense. So. And the Patriots, without Rob Gronkowski, I... They have Marcellus Bennett, though. They're Martellus Bennett. Come on, man. Their their offense is still great, but it lacks it lacks that elite tight end player skill position. Uh, skill hang position. on, hang on, hang on. You already know that Bill Belichick, Deion Lewis has been healthy for weeks. Couldn't come up on the pup list, and they but they activated him on the pup Ooh, list for yep. a week he could. Yeah. But I think he was healthy immediately coming back, and I think Bill Belichick him. held him deceptively because he he saw and he said James White is good. We have a pancake schedule. We don't need Deion Lewis yet Ooh. to beat these They're teams. They're going to roll him out. And they rolled him out last week, and he looked very, very good. He is he a major sharp. weapon because he, he he can make people miss. He can catch the ball. It's true. He can run the ball. Uh, I think that makes their team look very different because Blunt is a boring running back well, who Blunt, is effective Blunt but is, is very boring. is good for like two to Six yards, you know? You got thunder and lightning exactly. coming out of the backfield. But then, yeah, Dion Lewis. I love him. Yeah, I love him so much. All right. I think that's, uh, that's also good on the Super Bowl predictions. We're going to quickly touch um, NFL's little, little – that's I did not phrase Well, that first, properly. should we uh, cover Pro Bowl predictions? I've I don't got, care about I've the got Bowl. the NFC winning by 10 points. I don't care. I'm not and doing a prediction. 
Derek Carr would win the Pro Bowl MVP if he were playing, but he's probably not going to be because he'll be in the Super Bowl. So I'll say Pro Bowl MVP. Sam Bradford. He, he won't go to the Pro Bowl. Well, I'll say, after the, I'll say after Dak the top eight quarterbacks to, excuse me, decline, you know. Dak Prescott will win Pro Bowl MVP. Right. That, that's my prediction. I don't I don't think you care about a Pro Bowl prediction. No, nope, absolutely okay. not. Let's, nope. Uh, nope. let's go to uh, NFL's little brother. College football, big playoff weekend coming up, week 17. Um, we got Alabama in the one seed, Clemson slash Ohio State in the two. I won't give Ohio State that two just by itself. Clemson, Ohio State three, and Washington number four. I think that two versus three game is going to be great. I think Washington is going to get killed. Yeah, does anybody think Washington's got a chance against Alabama? Oh, no. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, 2-3 game alone will probably be great. Yeah. But does that game even matter? That's true. That's the I think that's the real yeah. question here. But let's 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 finish with yeah, the 2-3 game. Yeah, I mean, game. I think uh Alabama will run through Washington and then I I really think Clemson was weak this year. They won a lot of close games against bad teams, and as much as it pains me, I think it's going to be Alabama Ohio State in the in the championship game and then I think it's a toss up at that point. Ohio State is uh, Ohio State. They they didn't look good, and I think Alabama will end up winning it. But Urban Meyer gets his team ready for for big games all the time. What I will say is that the Big Ten was the best conference in yep. college football this yep. year. And as much as ESPN would like to have you believe otherwise, the Big Ten champion Penn State beat Ohio State. Beat Wisconsin. Did they beat Michigan? They lost by 39 to Michigan. But they still were the Big Ten champion. But no. no, That's a travesty! (laughs) What what I'm saying is the Big Ten just had so much depth. They had four teams that could, in theory, be in the college football playoff and hold their own. I mean, you have to put Ohio State and Michigan in that conversation. Because they're... because They're the four and five. Exactly. Like, one of them had to Penn be the first State team is out. up there, and then Wisconsin. As much as Quinn would hate to say it, Wisconsin was a they, good team they too. They were a very good team. So they very only lost. Defense. They only lost to Ohio State in overtime, and only lost by seven to Michigan at Ann Arbor. So they were a decent team too. But I mean, the SEC man, there's so much respect given to those schools down there. I don't get it, but. Um, I, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Who do you think will so, end up? So I, I agree. I think Ohio State's in that game. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's particularly close. I, I think Alabama wins by at least fourteen. I'd say that that that's comfortable. I think uh, Alabama wins by thirty against um, Washington, and I think that's oh, conservative. Yeah, okay. I thought you were going to say that for the championship. Like, and then Ooh. the championship game, I do think, will be something like a twenty-one point win by yeah, Alabama. On paper, I would agree with you guys, but. Or Urban Meyer, man, like that dude, he he gets his team ready for those big games, and he's always close. He's always close, regardless of like how good that Ohio State team is or whatever team that he coached. He uh, he he's a great coach. I have to give him that. But uh, I think it'll be close, but Alabama will will win it too. I'm really disappointed that there's not two Big Ten teams yeah, in, in the playoffs because that's it really. <laughs> On balance, I think that there is another Big Ten team no. that is better than Washington. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, so by far. I, and that's where that's where you have to go to an eight-team playoff. 
because that six team six team is is perfect two buys and then home field advantage. Sure. That's that, the way that, to do it. That at least allows for a few of those teams that were just so good, oh. but just got kind of jobbed in the conference championship game. Like I remember a couple of years ago, was it Kansas State and Baylor? that were really good but got Oh no, TCU and Baylor. TCU yeah. and Baylor. And but they were in the Big 12 and and they didn't have they a didn't have conference a game, championship yeah. game so neither of them were able to get Yeah, there's a lot of respect given to the SEC where where I don't necessarily think they deserve it, but that's another topic of discussion. They they deserve it but they don't deserve it automatically and right. that's what they get. Yep. All right. Most years they do earn it. I think this that year. that wraps our college football Unless you had something to say, Carl? Okay. No, that should wrap our, right. our college football playoff prediction. I will have a short break, and then we'll bring you our thoughts on the New Year's Eve Bowl at Lambeau Field in, on, on a Saturday even. Nice. Don't you mean Christmas Eve Bowl? Yeah, Christmas Eve. Christmas in Eve fact, Bowl. In fact, rewind. <laughs> rewind. Our <laughs> Christmas Eve Bowl against... Our New Year's Eve Bowl is... uh, Packers. We play New Year's Eve, too? New Year's Day. Oh. The first? Yeah, because remember, it's it's a Saturday. Word, 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 word. All right, right, Robert. That's (laughs) Robert. Anyways, anyways, our thoughts on the Packer game coming up right after the break. We're going to Lambeau. That's happening. Our Aaron offensive Rogers. line okay, is I, porous. We've got... Like the cheese that they wear on their heads. Like the cheese that they wear on their heads. We're more injured than... I don't even think it's worth my time to come up with a bad, you know, pun to mark how injured we are. We're, it's it's that bad, folks. I'm I'm saying that we lose by 20. What Do you have a prediction? Like a like actual score. actual score, uh, thirty one to ten. Okay, okay. No, no, sorry, thirty one to nine because Kai Forbath misses his first extra point of the mm, year. Okay. Well, that's not blocked. He'll okay. flat out miss it. Word. See, I. Well, who knows? I mean, it's a coin flip on if this team is going to come out to play or not. But here's what I will say. I mean, Green Bay is they're not that good this year. Chicago played them really close last week. They could have won that game last week. In fact, you could make an argument that they should have won that game when they got to first and goal at the five, only down three points and only came away with a field goal. Um, and if they had gone up four there, it would have been much harder for Green Bay to go the length of the field and get a touchdown again. So Yeah, they would have found a way to blow it. They're yeah, the probably they're the Bears. But still, I mean, this is, this is not a scary team to go up against. Granted, it is, is at Lambeau, and it is the Packers. Um, but I, I, th- I think they will come out to play because uh, they know <laughs> that they will have completely lost their fan base if they lay an egg against the Packers. Um, that being said, I don't know if we'll win, but I do think it will be competitive. I really, really want us to win this game. Oh, that'd be that. And nice. I, it, in in many ways, it. Salvages the season. As weird as that sounds like, if it we is can to beat say, the Packers, but if twice. in hindsight, in hindsight, you know you're a couple months removed from the Super Bowl, and you look back and you say, "We beat the Packers twice. The first time at the debut of our new stadium. Hopefully, they don't make the playoffs. 
and we literally lost half of our team to serious injuries and we still look we're still optimistic about the next season and we finished 500 right um i, I the season looks very different than what it feels like right now in mid december so i want to predict a victory i'm i'm going positive here i'm going to go 2320 vikings ah the eternal optimist in in carl you know we've got to have one we've got to have one if you uh if you remember back to the beginning of the season quinn would predict a loss i would predict a loss carl would predict a win and we would we would win you're right yeah. i'm sensing yeah. a trend here yeah. okay all right i think i know where you're going with this the green bay packers our biggest rivals, they are looking to lock up a playoff spot with a win. With a win, they can get closer to that playoff redemption, getting getting into the playoffs and, and maybe making some, making some noise. Aaron Rodgers has said that he is close to being 100% this week. The Vikings, on the other hand, coming off their worst performance – against Indianapolis. They have nothing to play for, essentially. For all intents and purposes... So they've got nothing to lose. For all intents and purposes, we have been eliminated from the playoffs. Let's be honest. Mathematically, we aren't, but... But. We, we are. Yeah. So, with that in mind, our defense lays an egg. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers comes out and throws four touchdowns off of play actions to Ty Montgomery to wide open Jordy Nelson. He's going to go back to what is his bread and butter, that play action deep post to Jordy Nelson. How many did I say? Four? Four. 28, right? How many um how many defensive pass interference and defensive hoping calls are we going to have none, in this game? None. 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 None because why? Anthony Harris will let Jordy Nelson go free like Hussein Abdullah did in years gone by. No <laughs> pass interference. This is going to be legitimate touchdowns right through the air. Four touchdowns. I'm not done. How many times is Everson Griffin going to jump off sides? 6 to 8. <laughs> Six to eight. I'm not done. Ty Montgomery, after a 120-plus yard rushing performance. 150-plus yard. 150-plus yard performance. Will go for 200 rushing yards against this much maligned defense, but two touchdowns. So I'm at how many? Six You're at 42. Now? 42. All right. No and field goals? They the have, they have icing a field goals. on the cake is going to be... Ryan Longwell, not Mason Crosby. I know what I said. Ryan Longwell will come out of the stands, kick two field goals for the Packers. What is that, 48? 48. 48. On the other hand. To goose egg? No. On the (laughs) other hand, the Minnesota Vikings will get lucky and get a safety. So they will get two points. So one of the times that Everson Griffin looks like he jumped off sides, he actually timed it perfectly. Exactly. And the Packers start at the two-yard line due to some great punting skills on a three and out. Everson Griffin 
knocks Aaron Rodgers out of the game, but he comes back. Aaron Rodgers comes back. It's just of the game, so, and then we get a safety, we get the ball back, three and out, and Aaron Rodgers. So over under, we have more three and outs than we have points at the end of the game. Yes, yes, yes. So final prediction: forty-eight to two, Green Bay Packers. Mark it up. Well, uh, happy holidays to all of you. Uh, I'll be traveling next weekend, so probably won't be a regular pod that comes out immediately after the Packers game, but stay tuned. It won't be a real podcast. It will be a uh, faux podcast. Yeah, there you go. Uh, So enjoy, and hopefully you can enjoy our trip to Lambeau next week. Thanks for listening. You're welcome.